0: so i don't even know where to start (laughs) have you seen this it's just bit me today so it's we're recording sunday uh september 4th uh show will probably be out tomorrow um and then wednesday what's that three days from now yeah is apple's event so we're doing a pre-apple event let's round up everything before we head to the airport and, and meet each other in san francisco show um I, on the weekends, more and more, I try to, I spend almost all my time on the, on the iPhone, either iPhone or iPhone and iPad, you know, try to stay out of my office, stay off the Mac, don't really do work and just sort of read on the phone. And I ran into this today and it's one of these things I've heard other people talk about it. Uh, I think it's happened to me before, but I've never really paid it too much attention and it happened all of a sudden, but I was just browsing on Twitter, opened a link and the screen went black on my phone. And then I like held down the power button and it said, you have to, you know, it gave me the signal to plug it into power, like as though the battery had run out, but I'm convinced I had more than 50% battery life left. And so I, I plugged it in. I just waited like seriously, like a minute. And it, the phone came back on the Apple logo came on and it had like, I don't know, 60%
1: battery. Have Have you ever seen this? I have heard about it. I, it has never happened to me. It's happened to me with the Apple Watch, where all of a sudden it'll go, uh, no power left, shut down. And then I plug it back in. And I always see them, the radios weren't didn't have a good connection. And it was just... Gobbling down power, but I've had a lot of resprings or sorry springboard crashes, but I've never had the the full shutdown, Monty.
0: Right, and combined with the confusion that the device thinks it's low on battery, yeah. right? Like I could even see if the whole you know OS crash that it's some kind of software thing that could shut the phone down. But then when it powers back up when it's off, I don't understand why it suddenly thinks it has no battery. And I've googled it a little bit, and it's it sounds bad <laughs> sounds like a, if i go into the, the apple store that they're going to take my iphone and give me a new one but i don't want to do that before i travel
1: no absolutely and it it from what i saw too because i looked around as well it seems like it just it misunderstands its state and then it goes into that panic shutdown to conserve the last bit of battery you have left mode right. and then once it gets power back it's like oh no no okay everything's fine i got 50 percent. we're good we're good sorry bad
0: right like it's seems like a bad problem and yeah i, I maybe after you know I, get back home next week maybe i'll you know go ahead and do it uh but before i go to san francisco there's absolutely no way i'm swapping this phone out
1: yeah you never know
0: um it is funny too it makes me laugh that my year-old iphone 6s is starting to act up (laughs)
1: literally pissed it's upset it knows you're about to replace it it knows you're gonna take it with you to replace it so
0: right Right. It's like the indignity of it, of, of, uh, <laughs> I'm taking it with me to, uh, <laughs> here, well, I've, here, me, I think I said it last
1: year, but some one of our friends tweeted that I'm, I'm watching my iPhone get replaced on the iPhone that's going to be replaced.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, so among the things that have leaked in the last week or so is, I, I'll start with, um, Oh, I don't even know where to start. How about we start with these boxes that have leaked, right? The sure. the the packaging, and for some reason, the ones that have leaked, a lot of them are seemingly destined for Russia.
1: It's weird because, as far as I know, they hit U.S. shores yesterday, hmm. so they they should all be getting unpacked and and you know on their way starting this weekend.
0: Interesting. That seems like it's too early though, right? Because what do you expect? I, I expect that they're probably going to go on sale this week. And then, but they're not going to ship until the week after, I don't think.
1: Yeah, it's usually the week after. I think last year they took an extra week to ship, but I think there's just such massive quantities being shipped that they need to build up stock. And it just, it's a massive enterprise that takes them a few weeks to do. Right. I can't even imagine. Um, but anyway,
0: some of these boxes for the iPhone 7 have leaked and they're, according to the box, and of course, the box would be the easiest thing to fake. And everybody acknowledges that. So take it with a massive grain of salt if you choose to. Um, but the box calls these devices the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 7 Plus. Yeah. So the least surprising names, you know. Possible. Well, last
1: year's le- i mean, your last week's box leak was 6se, which was obviously faked.
0: So. Yeah, that was <laughs> I saw that one. I don't know why that one really looked fake. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. There are there are some of these box leaks say that the 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 phones include AirPod wireless. Earbuds, and some say that they include um, Lightning earbuds and a Lightning to headphone jack
1: adapter. So I guess it depends the person faking the box which their preference is, and that's what right. they put on the Photoshop.
0: What do you What do you think? Do you think that these boxes are fake, or do you think that they're legit? Or Or what?
1: It's it's hard to tell. I try to think of what Apple would do, and historically, they have not been great about including adapters. Like famously, when they went from the dock to the to the uh, Lightning adapter, not only did they not include uh, a Lightning adapter in the box, they did not have any available at retail. And if anything happened to the one Lightning cable you had, you were just totally screwed for a couple of weeks. Um, And then, you know, other adapters they've had day and date, but they were twenty bucks, thirty bucks, forty bucks. Right. They were never included in the box, so a standard Apple would be nothing in the box but the Lightning earpods. But you know, we've had a lot of new Apple lately.
0: Um, I think that part of it is Apple being Apple, and that they, you know, they're they can be stingy in those ways, yeah. and they can be uh, uh, what's the word for charging an awful lot of money for seemingly what should be a cheap. Little dongle,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, But
0: I do think that with Lightning in particular, there is a strategy involved too, which is that if it doesn't ship with adapter, it makes it, it makes it more likely that people will buy new Lightning adapter peripherals. Yes. Right? Get on board with using lightning. We don't really want you to use the 30 pin, you know, we'll give we'll, we'll make this available so you can have it if you really need it, but in general you should start upgrading your things like if you have, you know, a dock by your mm-hmm. bedside or something like that, just get a lightning one. There is a strategy involved with that. And it's a little different with the headphone jack because the 30 pin thing was a proprietary Apple thing, and Apple wanted to replace it. And it still isn't replaced. I was just in a hotel this week that still had the 30 pin things. on Every the alarm plugs. Well, it's more and more now it's, it's, you know, I'm starting to see some, which is much smarter, which is that they just have like a USB. Yes. So you still need your own cable, but then whatever phone you have, there's a USB thing and you don't need to fiddle with finding a power plug to plug it in. You could just plug it right into USB. Um, but the 30 pin port still lives on. I just was in a hotel with them, but, um, uh, but with the headphone jack, there's you know, I, I do think that this will the iPhone shipping without a standard headphone jack will will presage a a shift in the industry and that two years from now we'll see lots of high-end phones that don't have a standard headphone jack. And it's don't. been a
1: while. Like I remember my I had a Touch Pro, an HTC Touch Pro at one point, and I had an Android phone at one point. This must have been two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I just didn't have headphone jacks. And they had USB into these little breakout dongles and that's just what you use. But then they all switched back. And now Motorola doesn't have a headphone jack. And right. none of those I think will ever move the industry. But when Apple does it, it they just ship so many phones in such volume and in a couple models that and manufacturers and accessory makers know that's where a lot of high value customers are, that it absolutely does move it. So I I've,
0: you know, I've written about this. I'm fascinated by it. Because, and you know, to me, it's one of the most interesting stories of the summer. And I've really enjoyed speculating on it because it's such a simple issue, right? Now the phone doesn't have a headphone jack. What does it mean? And so you can go, you know, there's so much speculation you can do about how are they going to go wireless? Are they going to go to lightning? Why would they do this? Why would they do that? Um, because the story is so simple, it's easy to, to really go deep on the obsessiveness over it. Um, so, I've really enjoyed the story. Um, and I've also the reaction enjoyed reaction to it just as much. It. Yeah, the reaction is absolutely crazy. Um, uh, people, I mean, it, seriously, I mean, I, I, I met a guy this week. I was traveling and, you know, just, you know, what do you do? And uh, told him basically what I did. He'd obviously never heard of tearing fireball or me. And he said, oh, that's really interesting. And he said, so um, and this next question was so is Apple really going to release a phone without a headphone check? Like, just a random guy I was making small talk with for five minutes in line to get lunch. And that's, you know, that was it's just on people's minds.
1: My favorite is Dalrymple, who gets angry at people who get angry that Apple's taking the headphone jack <laughs> away. Um,
0: if these boxes are all true, or the ones that yeah. seem most true are true, it would suggest an answer to a question that I've had for a while, which it seems to me that that replacing the lightning wired, I mean, the the standard 3.5 millimeter wired headphone port with a lightning wired headphones is not really an upgrade. I mean, Mm -hmm. and it might be there are engineering constraints where if you can move that deep port from the phone, you can use it for something else. Um, Again, it's not an issue of whether they can make a phone that has all these, you know, looks the way they want it to look and still have the jack. But it's obviously if everything you take out leave space for something else and space is precious
1: there's two really good stories that I've heard and I don't know which one to put more weight on or whether both are true but one is that uh, for the kind of waterproofing Apple wants to do, removing the headset jack is an advantage. And I know other phones absolutely do water resistance with the headphone jack, but Apple, if you look, you know, Apple really promotes those EPA certifications, right. and there's all sorts of nano bonding and chemicals that you can do. Uh, and there probably are more modern ones now that are really safe, but a couple of years ago, though, that was really nasty stuff, and it right. may just not be on Apple's radar. Yep. And the other one was they don't want this to be a story next year, because next year they right. want it to be about the new design. And if people are saying, nice new design, but where's my headphone jack? That's a way worse story than if people get the headphone jack anger out of their way this year, and then next year is just smooth sailing into the the new design.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, that both of those things may well be true. And I think that you've hit the nail right on the head in terms of, yes, there are other devices that have been made that have the standard headphone jack and are waterproof. And maybe, you know, I think that Sony has some good ones. Um, Uh,
1: Samsung, they have one, but they failed those two Consumer Reports tests. Right, right. (laughs) Right.
0: Samsung's had a bad run of it. But yeah, that was exactly it. Like, Consumer Report, I mean, this is, it really was a disaster. Like, Samsung says this phone, you know, can be submersed. You know, it's seriously waterproof. Consumer Reports turned it on, dropped it a tank of water, and shorted it out.
1: <laughs> and it really is a bit of a bullshit standard because the dust egress, that's an absolute. You cannot have any dust in a vacuum right. at all go into the phone. But the water egress says, uh, depending on what manufacturer says. So, and it also the phone that Samsung tested and certified, yeah, that was waterproof. The one Consumer Reports, not so much. So, it's, it's really a, not a very straightforward standard for the waterproofing part.
0: And I do think, you know, it's one of those things, and I know that Apple is not first to waterproofing, that there are, you know, Sony ones, Samsung ones, other people have, you know, whether they actually work or not, (laughs) but they're not first. But I do think that Apple has quietly, without announcing it, been working to make um, their stuff more waterproof. I mean, and the watch, by all accounts, is, you know… Not waterproof, that officially, but by you know people in the real world, it effectively is. You know, our friend of the show Craig Hockenberry swims with his every day. A lot of people swim with him.
1: Tim Cook was saying he showered with it all the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I mean, and it's funny because the iPhone 6S was re-engineered to be more water resistant. They put a gasket around the entire uh, edge and they sealed all the connections. They didn't advertise it. I always expected right. Phil Schiller would at some point retweet somebody who said, uh, right. dropped it in the lake, it's fine, thanks Phil. But you know, and they just stayed totally quiet about it.
0: Right, so they're not promising. It's, you know, There's under-promising and over-delivering, yep. and then there's not promising anything at all <laughs> and still delivering some of it. And I think that's where they've been with the phone. And it sounds like this year, they're actually going to begin promoting it as waterproof, and the headphone jack could be part of that.
1: I'm anyway, to see if it's like IP7, which is what the Apple Watch is, or IP8, which is what uh, the Samsung phones are reportedly uh, hitting, which is just longer periods or, or deeper uh, right. Um submerging. Well, we, we're,
0: we're skipping ahead, but yes, there was a, a, a Ming, Ming uh, what's his name? Ming-Chi Kuo. Ming-Chi Kuo report um uh, that Mac Rumor picked up that says IPX7. Yes. Which is equivalent to the watch, the current watch. But talking very concerned with his phone. So we sh- <laughs> We shall see. Um, anyway, if these both boxes are accurate, that some of the phones are shipping with these AirPods and some are shipping with wired lightning headphones and an adapter, it would clearly, if both are true, legit whatever you want to say yeah. uh there, it's going to be a paid upgrade where you're uh, my my guess is you either pay an extra hundred dollars to get the airpods or you'll pay an extra hundred and maybe twenty nine dollars although that seems a lot just for the wireless head
1: it seems like a lot of SKUs. like if you had every phone available with lightning or with airpods um that's double again the amount of phones they already have extra colors they already have extra storage capacities
0: i don't i think apple has gotten is unafraid of lots of skus i mean i the iPad has always been yeah. bifurcated in, in a sort of similar way where there's always been cellular and non-cellular uh, models of every shape, color, you know. Every every iPad you can buy comes in a cellular and non-cellular version. Yes. So something like that it sounds like something they're absolutely
1: unafraid of. Or do you think it would be the higher-end ones that have the AirPod option? That's another
0: possibility. Another possibility would be that if you get, if you buy the thirty-two gigabyte one. I mean, again, we're we're making a lot of assumptions here. Yeah. The rumor is that it will. These are, the new ones are going to ship in three size configurations, storage configurations: thirty-two, hallelujah, sixteen yeah. gigabyte is dead. Thank God. Let's hope. Uh, and then no more sixty-four. It'll go to one twenty-eight and then two fifty-six. Um, and I could see that, where yeah. maybe. The two fifty six gets some, or the, but that uh, that seems like you're like you're, seems to me like if they're gonna do some in one and some in the other, they might as well let you mix and match however you want.
1: Yeah, and the pricing is always so interesting here. Like, yeah, hallelujah, the 16 gigabyte is gone, but there are a lot of people in enterprise who just wanted a dumb client that would hook up to their B2B website and apps and they would get an 8 gigabyte iPhone if they could just give it to all their employees and they just want to cut every possible penny imaginable. And when you start getting 256 gigabytes, I think, I I believe they're doubling the density of the memory again, which means, and, and it's nice, people say, you know, just include an adapter. Apple should just double the RAM. They should just double the storage, but all of those is incrementally more expensive. And when you have an incredibly margin-based business the way Apple does, any additional cost they put into that phone comes right out of the margin they're trying to hit for Wall Street. So it's always, for them, it's in, almost entirely a pricing game.
0: Right. And even the pessimistic view, I mean, and this was, again, this is uh, Ming-Chi Kuo uh, saying that from the supply chain, they're saying only 65 million iPhones sold in this in the upcoming fourth mm-hmm. quarter, um, which would be a steep drop-off from last year, where I think it was 80 But even so, 65 million phones. So that's a pessimistic take on how many new iPhones, mostly new. I mean, obviously, that includes whatever old ones they're still selling. But tens and tens of millions of brand-new, never-before-manufactured iPhone 7s. Um, It really does. I just saw – I don't have a link handy, but I just saw um, a story about how global DRAM pricing Mm -hmm. is spiking. And it's all specifically attributed to the iPhone and a ramp-up that Apple needs to make to make this – Absurd number of phones. So the story is that because Apple is needs all of this RAM for the phones, and another one of these last minute rumors, I guess it's not really last minute, but it seems to have been reiterated last minute, is that the iPhone Seven Plus is going to come with three gigabytes of RAM yeah. instead of two gigabytes of RAM. Um, so that just adds up. It's just lots and lots of RAM. So Apple's buying lots of RAM, which makes prices go up. Uh, factories that manufacture RAM are shifting to the type of. RAM that Apple wants to buy for the iPhones to meet that demand, which means they're making less for PCs. And therefore, the the PC market for RAM is going up as a side effect of the iPhone 7.
1: And I forget which year it was, and I know we talked about this before, but the type of RAM is also different. I remember for a while yes. they were using TL- TLS RAM and they were using DLS, I think it was DLS, I forget the two names. One was multilayer, one was, and it was just, it was hard to get, if you just doubled the amount of the low one, it was much more expensive than using the higher one. And so they were using technically less, less expensive RAM in the higher end phones, but that's what allowed them to get the double-sized memories. Right, right. Um. So it's, I mean, I'm glad I don't have to worry about all this. So I, my guess is
0: if true, if true, both are true, I, that it'll be a hundred dollars extra to get AirPods in the box instead of nice round number. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense to me too, that the adapter would only ship with the one that comes with wired headphones, where they're saying, look, if you're still into wired headphones, okay, you know, here's your new set of lightning ones and here's your adapter. So you can use whatever other ones you want. Um, But the future is wireless, you know, and I can see how that would be a big part of the presentation on Wednesday that, hey, we've, you know, you know, I could just see a slide where somebody's got the cord all tangled up uh, and that the future is wireless
1: yeah I wonder because you have just apple uh, and you you did this so well in, in so many articles Apple thinks about these things and are they thinking we just want to get rid of the headphone jack or are they thinking that we want to drive the wireless world and clearly with the uh, the manager book um, they decided that we're you know we could they could put more than one USB-C port, but they didn't want to do that. They wanted to make a machine that had almost no ports, and there's still a concession for power and might as well use USB-C. But they clearly messaged that and was on your show uh, two years ago. Phil Schiller said, you know, we wanted to make a computer for the wireless world. And if that's what they want to do with the iPhone, then this is the best way of doing it.
0: Yeah, I think so. But I I do wish... And, you know, again, who knows which of these are fake and which are real. Maybe they're all fake. But I still, if I had my my wish, my wish would be that they would just go completely wireless and Mm -hmm. just say every single iPhone 7 comes with AirPods. And if you really still want to use wired ones, you have to buy this $20 or $19 adapter. I really think that they should do that. But it sounds like from these rumors that they're going to make it an upsell.
1: I think they need to hedge a little bit because there's no amount of QA or savvy even within Apple that can equal millions of people hitting that product. And if it's a first generation uh, and they go all in on wireless and there's anything wrong, they'll just they'll just be hammered beyond hammered. So if they make it one of those things, again, like, like the twelve inch MacBook, where people go out and buy it, it's it's a bit of a premium product and it's a self-selecting group and they have a higher tolerance. They are early adopters and they're willing to sort of struggle with the technology at first. Apple can use the first generation as an experiment and sure. then realize, and the next generation is where they make that, you know, that, that extra leap forward and start cutting off things in the past. All right. And I'm convinced, I am
0: absolutely convinced that it's the way of the future. I really, wireless in general, you know, and I don't know, you know, who knows what the details will be on these AirPods, how, how standard they will be in terms of their Bluetooth and how much is, you know, proprietary. Like, will they, will you be able to use the Apple AirBuds with other devices that use Bluetooth headphones? I don't know.
1: Because Bluetooth is not great technology. It never has been. It, d- it doesn't like water, and we're human beings right. filled with water. So uh, they use it for the watch, and the watch sometimes doesn't always have the best connection with Bluetooth. And it would be great if Apple did have, I mean, the best of both worlds would be an, a, a much better proprietary uh, connection that f- failed down to Bluetooth if it couldn't right. for other devices or if it couldn't make its own connection.
0: Right. But just use some secret sauce, yeah. you know, and cheat if they need to. And cheat meaning. Hey, this isn't really as per the Bluetooth spec, but if we do it this way, it'll be, you know, it'll work better. Yeah, do whatever absolutely. it takes. Do whatever it takes to make it work well. Worry about how well it works, don't worry about whether you're completely compliant
1: with Bluetooth 5.0 spec by the, you know, by the letter. And the one thing I like is that Apple has always been a company that doesn't worry about chipsets, but worries about feature sets. It's not, and it goes all the way back to that Steve Jobs uh, statement, where it's not like they have all these wireless chips and they're just looking for features to put them into. They they really want to do something and they find the technology that can let them do it. Because uh, there's there's very few rumors of wireless charging, for example. So you're still going to have to have some form of cable. And maybe they could charge through uh, a metal casing because there's been patents on that, I think, going back 18 months now. But they've said before that just they don't think that's a great technology in terms of power efficiency right now. Right. So that that sort of, they're not just transitioning to wireless for wireless sake. It's something that they think we're on the cusp of and they want to help push over.
0: And that is, to me, the, one of the most serious practical considerations of this, you know, the pain involved in moving away from this ubiquitous standard 3.5 millimeter jack to something else, is the scenario where you want to charge while you listen. Yeah. Um, and it's it sounds to me like... From You know, that there's not going to be any kind of pass-through option for Lightning, that if you're using the Lightning headphones, you're not going to be able to charge while you listen. And so if you want to be able to charge while you listen, you should get on board and get some wireless headphones.
1: Yeah, and then it brings you uh, my colleague, Daniel Bader. He has the uh, both the Motorola and the, I think it's called Brazi, whatever the Kickstarter was for the wireless Um yeah. AirPods that sound very similar to what Apple's going to be releasing. He still says he can't make it through a uh, a transcontinental flight. Like he can't fly from Toronto to San Francisco on on a charge with those.
0: Wow, that's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> my Beats ones have. I think I could easily make it through a transcontinental flight, but that's probably about pushing the limits.
1: Well, yeah, and those are also. I think if they're the same ones I have, they they wrap around, and I think these are yes. supposed to be two independent ones that charge yeah. through the case. So it's it's right. unknown how how efficient those power cells are.
0: Right, mine. Yeah, mine are. Exactly what you said. They wrap around.
1: It's going to be interesting.
0: Uh, what else on the iPhone? See, the other one we can skip right ahead to the Ming Chi Quo, yeah, thing, which it's confusing as hell to me, honestly. This this aspect of it, which is that he says they're going to have they're going to get rid of Space Gray, and they're going to ship two blacks, like a matte black, and what he's calling a piano black, yeah, which is like a well, you can imagine like a almost like a dress shoe, glossy black. But like the steel
1: Apple Watch black.
0: That makes no sense to me. It makes no sense at all to me that they would ship two blacks. You know, because it it, it it just doesn't sound apple at all. I can see shipping a gray and a black. Yeah. I could see shipping gold and rose gold, right? Because gold and rose gold are two different colors, whereas yeah. black, black is black. And based on... You know, the finish, it seems very strange. And I know that, you know, when you go to buy a car, if you go to buy a BMW, you can get black and it costs X. But if you want to get the nice black, it costs an extra, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Uh, it's an upsell. Whereas I can't see them doing an upsell on the finish of black.
1: No, I mean, the iPhone 3G, I think, you could only get the white plastic if you got the, back then, the 32 gigabyte model. It was only at the top end of the chain but since then they've been very egalitarian with their colors. And I know when they did the iPhone 5, the space black back then, it was really, it's the hardest color to anodize. Gold is the easiest and black is the, the hardest. And it chips and, uh, well, we saw what happened with all the iPhone Five, So they went to space gray because it let them do a thinner coating and, and a much more resilient finish. Uh, the Apple Watch is a darker version of space gray, but it's still space gray. And they might have, they might be trying some new finish that actually lets them go to a glossy piano black. It'll be interesting to see how, how well it holds up and just how many units they manage to ship with it. Yeah,
0: it just seems strange to me that they would uh, that they would have dark black and <laughs> <laughs> last month's rumor was, was space blue. So uh and this is corroborated there's uh the Japanese site Mac Macatakara, uh which has always been a pretty, you know, mm-hmm. pretty good track record of getting some scoops. Um they have the pi- they had a picture of the sim trays and there indeed there's like a matte black one and a and a shiny black
1: one. You never know which ones are prototyping, which ones they're shipping, or which quantities they're doing each in. And, or yeah. it seems uh, they seem to really like when they don't do radical design differences, they do a color difference. And uh, because people are superficial, that's just as exciting to us yeah. as a new design. Like gold was for the 5S and rose gold was for the 6S. And if this isn't going to be a big tickier, then just adding a new color for the talk will get a lot of people excited anyway.
0: Yeah, I have to say, I've never, I, I, I've, it's Space Gray. I mean, I'm always, I always get the black face. I don't ever want to have an iPhone with a white front. Um, So I always get the black face. And so I haven't had a choice in recent years. It's always space gray. I like the blacker ones better. I liked like the, uh, I think it was the first iPhone Mm five, even though it, it wore at the edges, but I thought that was a good look. I thought it looked good, you know, as the, the bevels faded, you know, or chipped away.
1: Yeah, I had mine re-anodized in three I layers, that. like military spec. <laughs> and then it was just black on black, like totally blacked out. And it looked great.
0: Yeah, didn't you get yours, like, but you got it changed to, like, blue or something,
1: right? Uh, no, a couple people got different colors. Uh, they didn't want to do pure black because it is so hard. So I just said, you know, if I send you an iPhone, you can use me as a beta tester. And they sent it back. And I still have it. and It still looks great.
0: Didn't Whiskus, Whiskus went blue, I think?
1: I think so, yeah. And I know yeah. Dieter Bone went orange. And there was a yeah. couple other people who got them done. Yeah uh so we
0: shall see i don't know it seems like it seems crazy to me but (laughs) uh, i am a little surprised i know yeah last month there were rumors of a blue one who knows where the hell that came from but i I, that was one of the things i've been wondering about all summer as the drumbeat of hey basically this looks a lot like the iphone uh six and six s but with better you know the, the biggest cosmetic improvement, from what we've seen, is the better antenna lines. Mm-hmm. That the antenna lines are are more placed around corners rather than right across the back. Um, but at a glance, the fundamental shape of the thing is pretty much the same. So I've always I've wondered all summer: will they, you know, inter, like you said, introduce new colors? Which is you know probably one of the easiest things they could do. Um, just new anodized, anodized colors, just to again, just to get the word "new" in people's mm-hmm.
1: mouths. To show off they have the new one, it'd be easy to see at a glance that you have the new one, the hot new phone. Uh, but it seems like no
0: other, uh, at least on the, the silver, uh, gold, rose gold front. No, but
1: they could probably put black faces on the gold and rose gold and sell a ton more phones too.
0: I've, I've said that for years that I thought that I I still probably wouldn't buy one, but I think it would be Mm -hmm. a great look. Yeah. Um, we shall see. Um, all right. What about this one? I got the pencil in there. Do you think the pencil the Apple pencil is going to work with the iPhone seven?
1: Uh, so it's a very different technology. The the three D touch uses um, the distortion of the LED light to measure the distance, right. uh, and then it. it Sort of translate that into pressure sensitivity, where the Apple Pencil has a, a much higher screen refresh rate and just a, a far more sensors, and it has a bunch of technology in the pencil that determines that. Right. And whether they can put both those things together, I don't. I don't know what the engineering. I mean, I would love it. I would love to have an iPhone with pencil. It would be like you know, field notes that syncs to Dropbox. Right. Uh, it would be terrific. I just don't know if this generation's technology is there. I could see it. I could see that, and I
0: know that you know the the longest running and. In- again none of these things are fact well, maybe we'll be surprised on all of them but the you know one of the strongest rumors all year long has been that the 5.5 inch plus sized phone is going to get the two two yeah. camera system and the regular sized 4.7 inch phone is not um so that's a big big difference we can get actually we should probably hold that for a whole segment <laughs> but <Sure. laughs> cuz that's it's it's to me the biggest it's these the headphone jack is overshadowing the, the fact that the camera thing, I think, is 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 bigger news technically. Absolutely. And bigger news historically. Um, but given that they're already putting a pretty significant difference between the two sizes, I could see, like, pencil support only being in the 5 and not being in the 4.7. And it makes a little bit more sense because it is more of that, like, is it a big phone or is it a tiny tablet sort of size?
1: Yeah, and going back, and I know we'll, we'll probably talk about that later too, but with the Galaxy Note, th- that was always the biggest redeeming quality for me. was the It was the world's smallest portable Wacom tablet. You could just right. hold it in your hand and and have everything you could have in a Wacom tablet. And that's hugely advantageous to people in real estate and people in technical support and in all sorts of industries. And even just people who like to draw right. Right, would love to have it without having – and I know it's not hard to carry an iPad around with you, but without having to carry an iPad around with you.
0: right. So I don't know. I could see that happening. Anyway, I linked to a thing the other day, and it was uh, an interview with Tim Cook back in May. That I, it didn't cross my radar until just the other day, but uh, he was in India and he was interviewed on India's uh, NDTV. And I asked him a question about uh, Steve Jobs saying, uh, "You guys just introduced this pencil," but Steve Jobs said, "If you see a stylus, they blew it." You know. Uh, mm-hmm was out on your mind and tim cook says well we launched a p- pencil not a stylus first of all and there's a big difference <laughs> which i love i love the yep. answer that there's a big difference just because they call it a pencil and the things that people are doing with this pencil i think steve would have loved he loved to help people create and if you've ever seen what can be created on an iphone or an ipad with that pencil is really unbelievable yeah um now, it was obviously a verbal interview. There is no comma after iPhone in this transcript of it. But some of the, I, I said either way he miss, misspoke. Either he momentarily forgot that the pencil doesn't work with iPhone, or he forgot that it only works with the upcoming iPhone and mistakenly slipped and suggested that that's that's forthcoming that either way he misspoke a couple of readers have have pointed out that you could parse this as meaning just that people what what can be created on an iphone comma or an ipad with that pencil is really unbelievable right if you pause in a certain Mm -hmm. way you're not saying that you can use the pencil with the iphone and the ipad you're saying you could do creative stuff with an iphone and you could do creative stuff on the ipad with the pencil So that's possible. But given that the question was specifically about the pencil and the Steve Jobs line about if you see a stylist, they blew it, it, doesn't that doesn't that argument doesn't hold water with me?
1: Uh, absolutely, and I think you know again people love to misinterpret Steve Jobs, and I think what he was trying to say there is that if it requires it, if that's because he had those terrible resistive screens, and a stylus was really one of the only ways to be yeah. functional with those, and so this is a completely different discussion. But Apple seldom, and it's you know it's not efficient. Apple Apple seldom makes a technology that it only intends for one thing. Most yeah. of their technologies, like the. Um, Force Touch, like 3D Touch. I think we're going to see uh, the True Tone uh, and the yep. DP, uh, DCI-P3 displays. All of that stuff ends up going across their entire product line because it makes their products work better uh, and it's just a more efficient use of the technology that they create.
0: They just have to pick one that goes first. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, I've always thought that, that, that that's, if you see a stylus, they blew it. Thing is, People really w- wag that one around as like an example of... Things Steve Jobs said that Apple, you know, either wouldn't have done if he was still here or ways that Steve Jobs was, was wrong or whatever, however you want to put it. Um, and I've always thought that was erroneous because I've always, I always took that answer and I forget the context of the the question. I think it was,
1: but I think it was the introduction, in the first uh, yeah. iPhone keynote.
0: Um, but whatever it was, it was exactly what you said, where the gist of it is. He was talking about like the Palm Pilot type mm-hmm. devices or the, even the Newton, you know, to just name, throw one of Apple's products back at it. Devices where you had to use the stylus, not devices where you could. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, one of the ways that he would certainly know that is he certainly knew how how popular the, um, like the Cintiq tablets are at mm-hmm. Pixar and probably, you know, in certain departments within Apple too. But, you know, he certainly knows that there's, knew well that firsthand that there's a place for a stylus as an optional input device.
1: Yeah, there's a huge difference between something being required for the usage of your product and something being adding value to the usage of your product. And he didn't live in a time where there was that pencil and could have been flabbergasted and delighted by how well the pencil worked. Didn't he also,
0: I thought, did did he, I know he bad-mouthed Small tablets,
1: too. Yes. You have but, to shave your fingers or whittle your fingers down.
0: Right. And he was specifically talking about tablets where the user interface was shrunk down from a, a, a certain size. Whereas when Apple shrunk down the iPad mini, they, they kept the touch targets at exactly the same physical dimensions as they are. They're, they're smaller than on the bigger iPad, but they're actually exactly the same pixels per inch as the iPhone.
1: I think it's, it's super interesting to me. That one of my favorite things about Steve Jobs is always that iTunes story where he just did not want iTunes on Windows, but he was smart enough to know that he didn't have all the answers. And he's basically, you know, fine, fine, Phil, fine, Eddie, you know, go do it. But if you screw up, you're dead to me. And they went and did it and it was successful. And my understanding is that originally they were going to have a blown up interface on the iPad and he got fought tooth and nail over it. And they actually had right. time to make a two column interface. And then he got turned around. Eddie Q read an article um, and brought it to Steve and bought one of the tablets and said, we really should right. do this. This is going to be a category. And again, he was resistant to it, but he was smart enough to know that he didn't have all the answers and he hired good people and he trusted them. And they had, that team had to turn around. The iPad mini, I think, was the fastest product turnaround they ever did. And they were lucky that they could shrink it down and it just, it happened to work perfectly because the size matched what, this, what the DPI was on the iPhone. Uh, I think they would have had a huge problem if that hadn't worked out for them.
0: Right, the, and the quote that he had where he was clearly wrong I mean, approvably wrong in hindsight, and nobody ever th- throws it out at Apple, and it's bizarre because this is one where he was absolutely wrong. Was at the Antenna Gate um, question and answer uh, thing after the Antenna Gate press conference, and they had the question and answer thing. Um, he he here is a quote here where he was talking about some of the bigger phones that were coming out from like Samsung Galaxy and you know the the five inch phones, and he said, uh, "No one's going to buy a bigger phone." that's so big you can't get your hands around it. You know. No one's going to buy that.
1: <laughs> no one's going to watch video on an iPod. Right. I mean, there's a few. I think a lot of times where no one reads books anymore, and then he comes out with iBooks, is that he wasn't afraid right. to change his mind when uh, he was presented with a better argument. And they had—I uh, forget if it was iPhone 4, or iPhone 4S—but they had a large screen in that generation. But if you ever—if you go back and feel how heavy your iPhone 4 and 4S is, right. and how heavy that would have been, and the display technology—I mean, anyone who had an HTC Thunderbolt back then—that that thing sucked. The battery lasted about three hours. Uh, the early Samsungs, they used that Pentile display technology, which was terrible. And they, they were willing to make these concessions in order to have those big, hot LTE radios. They had to make the phone bigger, and then they might as well put a bigger screen on. But you didn't have good screen technology, so you had to go OLED and use Pentile. And all these cascading ramifications of those decisions, and they were willing to suck it up uh, and make endless variations of the same phone, where right. Apple's stuck to making one phone a year for a very long time. <laughs>
0: he even called the bigger phones Hummers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I miss that guy. The Schwarzenegger <laughs> phones, yeah, perfect. Uh,
0: so yeah, there is sort of an argument to be made that I think in 2010 there was still the battery life wasn't there to do it. But I do think though the proof shows that I think Apple institutionally was caught a little flat-footed at the popularity of the bigger size phones and the iPhone, the plus size iPhone models were, I, I, by all accounts, a little bit late to market. And I think it's you know, it, it took
1: everybody by surprise. Yeah, and I still, I think to them, that's just adding addressable markets. Like, they saturated at right. then they went to Verizon, they saturated North America and Europe, and they went to China Mobile. They saturated right. the under-4-inch displays, and they went to 4.5 and 5.5. Uh, and they do it very progressively, and they, they had their TikTok cycle, and it just landed. iPhone 6 was the, was the most convenient time and had the best technology for them to do it. Right. And they've, they've waited. They've happily waited, even, even when it's hurt them, to do what they think is right technologically.
0: Um. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, So what do you think? You think they're going to do Two Shades of Black?
1: I usually dismiss this kind of stuff um and then like uh, I like I knew early on they were going to do the gold because they were calling it Kardashian which to me was endlessly hilarious. Uh and then the rose gold it just seemed inevitable based on them already shipping a watch that had that color. Right. But the, the the space black Apple Watch a lot of people really love that. Both you and I have it and it's a great look. And I've joked that I really would love a space black iPhone so I you know I have no one to blame but myself if I get one. Right. Yeah, I wonder if that's
0: the precedent. You know, I don't know. Would you go
1: uh, space space gray or space or piano black, John? Off the top of my head, I guess the
0: piano. Yeah, I guess I'd get that glossy finish. I don't know. I mean, I, I do have the you know. We, you and I both have the luxury yeah. of we'll get to look at them firsthand in the hands-on area after the yeah. event before we make the decision. You don't have to judge, but because judging like a, a finish is the hardest thing to do. Uh, not looking at the actual device because the product photography makes everything look great, right? They, I mean, it's not like they're going to show you a product shot of of the flat black that makes it look bad. It's all going to look great, but you can't really tell, you know, how they compare to each other unless you see them for,
1: firsthand, in my opinion. And I don't think they could do a stainless steel phone with a DLC coating, which is one of the no. biggest advantages of that color in
0: my right. uh, So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. It just seems very strange to me. Yeah. I, the other thought that occurred to me is that maybe that the one that they're calling flat black or regular black might just be the new space gray. Yeah. And then at least product marketing wise, it, or if they give it a new name for, for a new gray, but call it gray. And then all of a sudden, instead of two blacks, you've got gray and black.
1: Well, I think it will be again, because it is just, just so hard to anodize black. It'll be space gray, right. but it'll be closer to what the Apple Watch space gray is than what the current iPhone space gray is. Right.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, I think that that wraps me up on the iPhone stuff. Is there anything else on iPhone you want to talk about?
1: Uh, just the camera. Oh,
0: well, let's hold that. Let's hold yeah. that because that's a big enough deal. So let me uh, take a break here and thank our first sponsor. longtime sponsor of the show, one of my favorite companies in the world, and I mean that sincerely, Backblaze. Backblaze offers unlimited native backups for the Mac and for PC. No credit card required, no risk you get a 15-day free, a fifteen day free trial, just for being a listener of the talk show, at backblaze.com slash daringfireball. Backblaze.com slash daringfireball. Um, here's how it works. You install their software on your Mac. You get a little control panel and system preferences. You turn on your free trial, and it just backs up everything. If you have an external, like, three gigabyte hard drive, it backs that up, too. Does it take a while? It depends on your bandwidth. However fast your bandwidth is, Backblaze will send your stuff up. Maybe it takes a week. I think it took a week the first time I signed up. Um, after that, everything is just incremental. Uh, and you, you get this for just five when once the free trial's over, five bucks a month for each Mac that you install on. That's it. There's no like, well, that's just for uh, uh, a gigabyte or whatever. And then you have to upgrade to more. Nope, doesn't matter. One tier, everybody pays five bucks a month. And everything on your Mac gets uploaded to their server. They have uh, iPhone apps, Android apps, so you can use the I- iPhone app. You log in with your, your credentials, and you can access any of the files on your Mac that have been backed up. So if you want to just quick uh, get access to a file that you know is on your Mac from your phone, um, and you don't have it in Dropbox or something like that, you can use their app. There you go. Uh, when you want to restore, you can restore one file at a time. You can restore them all. They'll just, if you want, if you like disaster strikes or something like that, and you really need everything back, uh, they'll put everything onto a hard drive and overnight it to you by FedEx. It it couldn't be better. I use this. I recommend it to everybody. I'm not just saying it because they're a sponsor, but I'm happy to have them as a sponsor because I do recommend it. So go to backblaze.com slash daring fireball. And if you haven't signed up yet, do yourself a favor and do it. All right, the camera. Let's talk about this camera. Yes. I'm sick about it. <laughs> well, you've been talking about it for what, two years now? Two years. Two years ago, I heard, but I didn't hear it two years ago, I didn't hear that they were only going to put it in the Monster Fun. <laughs> But I did hear, and it sounds like this is where they're going. And I think the invitation—I'm not—I don't like to read too much into the yeah. the titles or the pictures on the invitation. But the invitation this time so clearly looks like a reference to um, what the, the the camera terminology is—bokeh, where okay. it's the the—it's a Japanese word that means the visual quality of the out of focus uh, parts of a, of a photograph. So, if you have a narrow depth of field on a photograph, what's the blur? What does the blur look like of the out of focus stuff? And that's what you know. The the, the invitation to this event looks like a reference to that because it looks like um, very attractive out of focus. I don't know, like lights or something like that.
1: Yeah, and again, I think a lot of this just goes down to Apple managing their costs. It's the same thing, memory. Memory is not $100 more expensive when you double it, but that's just an easy thing for people to understand, small, medium, and large. And the camera module is going to be more expensive, so it's easier for them to eat the cost of that camera if they put it in the already $100, because it's bigger phone than if they put it in both phones. Yep, And, you know,
0: what I've heard two years ago, and it sounds like exactly what they're shipping, is it's... Um, effectively, two cameras that act as a single unit and through software um, create images. So, two cameras take pictures at different focal lengths. One is wider, uh, wider ends, angle, one is uh, more telephoto. And then in software, it just stitches the two images from the two cameras together to ma- create one image. And it, it might even have these light field type things where after the fact, you might be able to like change the depth of field or and the focus point.
1: It's interesting because when you hear two cameras, a lot of companies have put two cameras on phones before, and some have done it where they have one regular camera and then one black and white camera because they want to pull more uh, detail in low right. light situations. Some have a regular lens and a wide angle lens, but you have to actually shift between them like with a with a toggle to choose which one you're going to use at any one time. And others have tried to put the lenses further apart to try to get more depth of field information so they can sort of do that artificial uh, or let you do dynamic focus with it where you can pull the image back and forth and show it differently. And it sounds like this is a very Apple solution, where they're picking two really good cameras and then not making you do a lot of work, but using everything in that A10 chip and the image signal processor to sort of intelligently figure out how to make a great image and then give you some control over things like depth of field and, and low light.
0: Yeah, and so you know, I mean, again, this is a long-standing rumor, and the fact that apparent fact that this new camera system is only going to ship on the plus size model and not the four point seven inch model. Um, has been rumored all year, but and it's it, not
1: flush. It's it's, it's not. No, flush neither
0: <laughs> neither is flush. The camera no. bump is still there. It is a slightly different shape. It looks like it might be a little bit more graduated instead of just like a, a harsh, uh, you know like a more graduated bump
1: than a... I mean, it's a hard problem to solve because people don't want heavy phones and to make phones lighter, one of the ways you do that is to make them thinner, but cameras really want a big Z-index. Right. They want depth. And if you try to... We've seen this with other manufacturers. If you try to put you know, a uh, higher aperture or you try to do uh, other things with the camera, it creates aberration because it just the lens is not good enough at that depth to do everything that they want from it. And Apple up until now has been really, really good about hitting that sweet spot where the aperture and everything else about the camera comes together other to take those really good everyday photos they're not there's no the blacks aren't crushed the saturation's not boosted it's just tries to reproduce what you see with your naked eye and they've been really really good about it and I don't think they're going to change that anytime soon because that whatever 300 person strong camera team all they do is shoot photos in a wide variety of situations trying to make sure that every photo you shoot at a bar you know when your kids are out playing that under any circumstance you get the best photo you can. It, it, I I would
0: love to know how much internal deliberation there was over shipping I mean, because once they broke the seal on it, like with the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus, yeah. shipping the success and success Plus last year with the camera bump was, you know, it was expected, actually, right? Yeah. And that this one, the new iPhone 7 is still going to have a bump. It's, you know, it's old news now. This is the third year in a row. But with that first one, I would love to know how much internal argument there was over we can ship you know what was and what was the bigger argument was was the bigger argument we should make the phone thicker t- so that the camera fits flush or was the argument we should it, include a lesser camera that would fit flush
1: with and this he- phone Previous years, uh, ID would just say you have to make the ca- we're making the phone this thick, and you have to fit that camera, right. which is why you know people thought that the iPhone camera didn't really improve that much. But getting a camera as good, if not better, than the previous generation in a thinner phone every year right. was an absolute miracle of engineering. Right. But there's two situations where I think ID. Uh, gets pushed back on heavily and that's antenna, you know, reception right. and camera because physics. It's right. like that scene in Civil War where Spider-Man goes, I, don't, I just don't think that shield follows laws of physics. <laughs> and I, they have to, they have absolutely no choice. And their choice is put a crappy camera, which Apple's not going to do because they're as much a camera company now right. as they are a phone company or live with a camera bump, which might, I'm sure everyone in ID cringes every time they, they think about it, right. but it's how they get that great camera. And the other practical
0: factor, it doesn't help me because I don't like using a case. But overwhelming, it, it's, I, I would love to know the percentage. I would love to know what percentage of iPhone users put their phone in a case and keep it in a case almost all the time. Because I, I would, off the top of my head, I'm thinking it's at least 80%. I'm
1: made. the only one I know who doesn't use a case. It
0: might be even higher. I might, 80% might even be ridiculously low. And if you have a case, even the thinnest case I've ever seen, mm-hmm. like the ones that are just like polyurethane and are and almost more just like scratch guards than any other kind of protection, are still at the thickness of the camera bump. Right? So if you have a case, there is no camera bump.
1: Absolutely. I mean, everybody in my family, every friend that I have, every colleague that I have has their iPhone in a case. I'm the only one walking around with it the way, Johnny, I've intended
0: Right, it really might be. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more like in the nineties ninety percent um and so I lose out. you lose out as as no case um yeah. no case users, but people with a the case they get better image quality, and they don't even I'm sure they don't even know why we're going on and on for an entire segment there's, about a, there's this. a bump
1: on the, let me take it out of the case for a minute and take a right. look I forgot. Uh i
0: I don't know what I'm gonna do, Renee. <laughs> Because you I want really that don't. camera,
1: but you hate big phones.
0: And I really, uh, I mean, and I've even, you know, I love the iPhone uh, SE. I mean, I, I didn't buy one personally mm-hmm. just because I knew that this, I didn't, I just, it just didn't make sense to buy one for six months when I just bought one. I mean, I feel like buying a new iPhone every year is already uh, almost stupid. Yeah, um, I'm not going to buy two a year boy, I sure like the way it feels in my hand. I'm holding it in my hand right now. I sure like the way it feels in my hand.
1: Yeah, and I think, again, this is just a transition period, and whether it's next year or the year after, there'll be an iPhone with a, as large a screen and as good a camera as the current 6S7 is going to be, and just in a casing as small as the SE.
0: But I, my favorite thing, to, you, know, uh, you know, I'm an avid amateur photographer. I care about the camera probably more than anything else on the phone. So buying the 4.7 just because it feels better in my hand and a lot better in my pocket. But knowing that I don't have as good a camera as I would otherwise is, um, it's going to hurt.
1: So the seven will replace your SE or your 6S, and then the seven plus will replace your, your Leica or your Canon and you'll Maybe. just carry the two phones.
0: Right. I guess. I don't know. I don't think because they're
1: that. connected and they sync. So
0: I don't know. I really don't. I've been dreading this all. I mean, I, I came to grips with it and I accept it. And it, you know, the, there were so many rumors, you know, coming out of the supply chain that showed pictures that you know only have the dual camera on the bigger yeah. one. So I'm I'm braced for it. But now that it's here, it it feels like, you know, at all all year long, I've been saying that's a that's a problem for September, John.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm summer. John, screw September. John is his problem. What do you think? What do you think you're going to get? Uh, I've been using the plus size now since it first came out. Um, I have, I, you know, I buy both every year, and I, I occasionally use the smaller size. But uh, I just I work on my iPhone so much that the longer battery life and the bigger screen size is a huge advantage to me. And I've gotten to the point where you know, not as well as Bullseye from Daredevil, but pretty I can juggle that thing pretty well now. So I kind of forget half the time how big it is until I do pick up one of the smaller iPhones.
0: So you're all set.
1: I carry two iPhones now anyway because I used to. I do a lot of pictures of iPhones because it's just the job that I have, and I used to have a regular camera to do that, and now I just have the other iPhone to take the pictures with.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, you, you have a day phone and a an night phone. In I, other I,
1: I have a I have a subject phone and a and a, and a capture phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> they <laughs> make it so easy now because everything just it just syncs and it just works together. So I can pull out the SE or the six, take photos of you know, make a setup, take photos, right. and then those are automatically everywhere to put it away and go back to using it.
0: I am intrigued. I, I you know, this is part of you know why I love the job that I have. I am absolutely intrigued to see how Apple pitches this on stage because it you know the the previous difference between the two sizes iphone 6 and the 6s was just the optical image stabilization Mm -hmm. on the plus the plus for the last two years has had optical optical image stabilization with the iphone 6 it was for stills and then last year it was in for stills and video yeah um and that's no small thing optical image stabilization is a real advantage it definitely means that the plus had a at least slightly better camera than the regular size but it was a small enough difference that I was easily willing to accept the size that I found more palatable in my pocket and hand. Whereas now, I think the difference is is really really significant, and I kind of feel if it's as, if if the imaging is as good as I expect it to be, um, I think it's going to take so much of the event time for the iPhone that it's really going to. It, it, Just the camera alone, if there's no other advertised differences between the two sizes, it's really going to turn the event into more of an iPhone 7 Plus event than an iPhone 7 event.
1: Absolutely. And I don't, you know, I often joke that the people in graphic design, all they're given is a spec. They don't have any, they're not disclosed on the products. They're just told to make an invitation. But I think it's absolutely fitting that this year the camera is the subject of of the invitation. And I don't think that's an accident at all. Um, and I, One thing I have, I've heard sort of two sides to this. I'm curious if you're hearing the same thing. There's one side who said that Apple is absolutely shooting for an SLR and they want to make a camera that's just way better than a smartphone camera before. The other side is we really don't want to raise expectations because mm. it's still a camera phone and it doesn't right. have that huge piece of glass on it. And if we push too hard on it, it's like an SLR, people are going to see, well, you know, it's not, it's not like my Canon with my 70 to 200 or whatever lens. So that's a really careful balancing act to make people People understand that it's a way better camera phone, but it's still a camera phone.
0: Yeah, I I heard, the thing I heard was, when I originally heard about this dual camera thing two years ago, was I heard SLR, they're shooting for yeah. SLR quality. And it did, it still doesn't make any sense to me, because no matter what you do, what magic you can pull out of having two different lens, lenses, the sensor size is still so small yes. compared to a 35 millimeter full frame DSLR, or even the APS-C or the four micro four-thirds, the mm-hmm. other various, you know, uh, quote-unquote serious camera sensors, um, those sensors are so much bigger than the tiny little sensor that they have to use in the phone because of the, you know, just how small the camera, you know, the actual distance from the lens to the sensor is. That there's, I, I just don't see it. I don't see how the, you know, I think that they can really emphasize that this is uh, a, a, as good as a standalone point-and-shoot camera, but I don't see how they can start talking about SLRs.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's going to have to be like, this is the best camera that you can get on a phone. But if they start saying it's going to replace your you know, 5D Mark or your Sony A, whatever Mark II, it's going to... Not yeah, out. and I
0: say SLR as a sort of catch-all phrase for any camera with a sensor big enough that there are cameras for that sensor that have detachable lenses. Yes. Right? Let's just say the catch-all. I'm saying SLR, but what I really mean is anything where the camera system has detachable lenses that you can you know, choose which lens to put on the camera. And that includes, like I said, APS-C, micro four-thirds, the full-frame, 35-millimeter size, any of those. L- lump them all together. Um, I just don't see how they can say that they can compete with that simply because of the physics of sensor sizes. But in terms of the point and shoot cameras that people buy that don't have detachable lenses, I think that they can absolutely say we're as good or better because maybe what we lose on on optics of the sensor size and the lens size, we're making up with software.
1: Absolutely. And Again, for they've been very careful so far to target to target not professionals. I mean, they do show off what professionals can do with it, but it's that everyday photo thing. And they're also doing super interesting things with the camera. They're going to have that dual-end system, but they're also internally, they're going to support RAW. Um, I think it's for third-party apps only. It won't be in the camera app, but you, mm. they'll support RAW. They'll have that uh, DCI-P3 display, which is a high-color gamut yep. display, and the screens will be able to output that. So you have everything from the capture pipeline to the display and across other products like the 9.7-inch iPad Pro the 27-inch iMac that can all display these images now. And that is not something I think everyone will appreciate immediately, but I think once we start getting these things in our hands, everyone who loves photography is going to be just much more impressed with that with that phone than they thought they would be.
0: Yeah, and the other thing we didn't even talk about, but the other thing that I, 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 I'm not going to say it's a sure thing. None of these things are sure things, but it's as close to a sure thing, I, I would bet on it, is that it's, like you said, the, is it D, D, P, I, C? dcip
1: D-C-I-P. D-C-I-P-3.
0: So it's a, a, the higher color gamut range. Uh, so it displays way more color. And you can definitely, if you have the right image, you can absolutely see the difference side by side. Um, like you said, these, you're going to be able to shoot those images from, yeah. from the camera. So you'll see it. And then it's also going to surely support the, um, uh, the not night shift. What's the other one? The true Tone. True Tone. True Tone display, where it changes, that subtly changes the color temperature of your display based on the ambient light. And I thought that was a giveaway. I thought that uh, uncharacteristically, I thought Schiller gave up the bag on that when he talked about it at the um, the iPad nine point seven, you know, Mm -hmm. iPad Pro. What do you call it? The baby iPad Pro. Yeah. And when he said specifically, once you get used to this, you can't. You can't go back, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. to me meant it's clearly coming to the iPhone in six months.
1: And again, their technology—I mean, they—they they don't hold back. There was this rumor that Apple holds back technology. As soon as they can ship something, they ship it, which is why the Baby Pro got it, and they didn't just hold and wait for right. the iPhone. But that, again, that technology is going to propagate across their entire range. And I think at WWDC they said that not only do they support DCI P3, but they support the upcoming standard, which has an even wider gamut, which is 2020. And these are all cinematic standards, is what we've been seeing in movie theaters for a while now. Yeah. So they really care deeply about not just the photography, but every every aspect of the photography along the entire uh, blockchain. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I think that's definitely coming. Um, anything else on the iPhone?
1: I mean, the, one of the other things that people were getting upset about was the, whether the speaker was real or not at the bottom. That's replacing uh. the headphone jack. And, and there was one rumor, I don't know if it was Ming-Chi Kuo or not, that the uh, they're actually going to upgrade the top speaker, the earpiece for the phone, so that when you hold it vertically... Because one of the big things about the iPad's Pro is that... or I Sorry, iPad Pro devices, <laughs> is that you, you have those four speakers, so you can spin it any direction, any way you want, and it's always fantastic stereo sound. But with one speaker on one side, either your hand covers it or it's only coming from one side. So... I think if they do have that balance where they can put sound out of both ends of the device and it just, it makes a better experience.
0: Yeah. Cause that would actually give you more, that would give you stereo when you actually want stereo, which is when yeah. you're watching a video. Whereas having two speakers on the right side, when you're watching video, doesn't really, it, it doesn't really do anything.
1: Yeah. It's better stereo in my right ear. It's just, right. And they've had phones that do that. They've had fa- phones with fantastic speakers, but both at the bottom of the display.
0: Right. Um, is it, is it awkward? I wonder what the debate was inside about Because the rumor is that the the speaker grills will be symmetric. There will be symmetric speaker grills on both sides of the lightning port, but only one of them will actually be a speaker.
1: They used to before they moved the headphone jack to the bottom. When it was still the top of the phone. They had sort of the mic had that fake speaker grill on top of it. So yeah. to me, it's like a return to the, the old days. Right. It's clearly just like
0: a little visual uh, uh, just to make it pleasingly symmetric.
1: And they need a microphone down there, too, where you couldn't talk into it. So they have a lot right. of things that they have to... It's, it's sort of like when you read those threads, like uh, Apple, delete the bezels, do all this. and yeah, like, there's, yeah. there's components in there. Like you, you can't just cut things off. There's actual... They pack the electronics in there really, really tightly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Let me take a break here and thank our next sponsor, another longtime friend of the show, Igloo, igloosoftware.com slash TTS, TTS for the talk show. Easy. Uh, Anyone who's worked in a corporate environment knows how painful intranets can be. The content is stale, the interface is ugly, and you can't access it on your phone because it's rendered for like a a giant desktop display. Um, Igloo is an intranet you will actually like because it's designed for the user. It gives you the flexibility to get your work done, how you want, where you want, and on whatever device you want. Igloo is truly building a product meant for 2016, not 1997. Uh, You could do all sorts of stuff on Igloo. You can share news, organize files, coordinate calendars, manage projects, all in one place. To-do lists, that sort of thing, they've got it. Uh, The sharing news is sort of like a little micro Twitter just for your team, so if you want to share stuff that might be considered competitive, obviously you wouldn't want to do that out on the public internet on Twitter. Um, So you can create effectively your own little private team-wide social network. Really, really great stuff. Uh, They've got all the social stuff you'd want. Comments, like buttons, things like that. And anyone can add content uh, based on their permissions with drag-and-drop widgets and a WYSIWYG editor. You don't have to be a programmer to set it up. You can just drag-and-drop. It's very visual. Really, really easy to set up. Uh, And they make use of responsive web design. So your Igloo looks great on any device from your tiny little iPhone SE all the way up to your giant 27-inch iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, Go to igloosoftware.com slash TTS, and you will get a free trial, and you can get started today. Go check them out. Let's move on. Here's What else do we expect at this event this week? I expect to hear about a new Apple Watch. I don't know if they're going to call it Apple Watch 2. I don't know what they're going to call it, but for sake of argument, for sake of discussion, I'm going to call it Apple Watch 2. The new Apple Watch the new Apple watch. I think they're going to, I think it's going to be a big part of the event. I think that it is going to be really interesting, um, to see what they've, what they've done because it's really two years after the original. Mm -hmm. It's not two years after it shipped, but certainly two years after it was introduced. Um, and at the meta level, uh, compared to how much we seemingly know about the iPhone seven, including the boxes, (laughs) the the actual packaging, uh, we seemingly know so much about the iPhone 7. Almost nothing about Apple Watch 2 has come out. Otherwise, yeah. the only thing we really seemingly know is that it's going to add GPS.
1: Yeah, I think it's similar to the early days of the iPhone, where they sort of knew where they wanted to go, but they took a very staged approach to get there. And the original iPhone shipped with Edge, but then the next one came out with 3G and GPS, and then it just kept rolling from there. And in this case, you're dealing with something that has a far smaller... They're not making tens of millions. Maybe over the course of the year, they'll sell 10, 20, 30, 40 million of them. But they're not trying to put those in stores for day one. And if the casing isn't changing, then it's very hard to differentiate what's an iPad... Sorry, an, an Apple Watch 2 from an Apple Watch 1, just in terms of leaks on Sino Weibo or places like that. Yeah, so that would be
0: one explanation for why it hasn't linked, Would leaked would be if the physical dimensions are
1: unchanged. Yeah, no new color, and if it's the same casing, it's very hard to get a, a leak out of it. I wonder. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I, I I'm This is one of those things where, I, and I really hope it doesn't leak. Like last minute, like while I'm on the airplane flying out there, because I love the idea of going into the event not knowing what the heck they're going to say about Apple Watch 2.
1: That's one of the funniest things to me is I keep getting these tweets from people who say that the, the event's going to be boring because they know everything is going to happen. It's like reading the script to the next Star Wars movie and then going to the theater and saying, Oh, it's boring. I knew what happened. I read the right. script. <laughs> Just <Right. pick> one. <laughs> but I don't think
0: that's true. I think that the iPhone part might be, although I'm intrigued at How they're going to, how they're going to brag about the iPhone? Like I said before, how they're going to brag about the iPhone Seven Plus camera without making the regular iPhone Seven camera look like a you know, like a, a weakling.
1: Absolutely. Right? Like, to me, it's, it's never – well, you know, I don't write rumors anymore, and the reason for right. that is there's always going to be new iPhones. Unless Apple pieces out, drops the mic, and says we're going into hot tubs, right. <laughs> every year there's going to be a new iPhone. And that's not as interesting to me as what problems they're going to try to solve, and especially the way they're going to try to solve it. And that always requires a story, and you very seldom get a story out of the leaks. Right. So
0: I'm curious. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's not uh, uh, physically identical to the old Apple Watch, and they've Mm -hmm. simply maintained secrecy up until the point where they announce it.
1: Tim Cook goes home every night, puts on his secret Apple Watch.
0: Right. (laughs) I really, really don't know what to expect in that regard. Um, Here's a question. Do you think that Apple Watch Edition will still exist?
1: I was we talked about this in person right. whether there was going to be a second generation or whether they would just add new finishes like would they add white gold or titanium or something to that line because there's a lot you can do in the high end watch line and I know people made fun of it but there there is a group of people who buy 25 thousand dollar tickets to the emirates and twenty thousand dollar dresses or tuxedos they wear once or rent five star six star hotel rooms for exorbitant price and to them it it really is next to nothing it's like us buying an ipad an ipod sock Uh, and that is a market i don't think it was a great market for them so it it might just be a distraction my guess is we won't hear about them because we haven't heard about them in a really long time and i think they would have stoked that fire like we never saw the release of the gold link bracelet for example and i think they would have done more to keep it alive if if they really meant for that product line to continue
0: yeah my gut feeling is that the uh, apple watch edition just goes into the you know memory hole that it's you know they're just not going to talk about it um and i and you and i we have spoken about i don't forget if we talked on the show but i know we've spoken in person where i feel like one of the ways you know part of it is that apple isn't doesn't see the future you know they they have Mm -hmm. good they have ideas they have guesses as to what's going to be popular but that they you know they don't have the magical ability to know exactly what people will buy. And they they keep their eyes open after they come out with something, and they adjust. And I think that the way that they've adjusted, I think that the way that they're addressing the luxury market is with the Hermes line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's obviously, um, those watches are significantly less than the gold, even the cheapest of the gold edition ones. But they're a lot more than the regular uh, stainless steel apple watches.
1: And they're a lot less. I went into the at SFO in the International Terminal, they have a Hermes store. And the Hermes actual watch bands are way more expensive. I think it was like three to six yeah. thousand for the tour for the Hermes watch, where it's only like a thousand something, only, you know, a couple hundred five hundred or six hundred yeah. or a thousand for the Apple Watch version.
0: Yeah. It's actually a cheaper Hermes watch than the regular Hermes watches, <laughs> even though it's a more expensive Apple Watch. And I kind of feel like that's the sweet spot For Apple Watch in terms of the highest, you know, price points that you want to hit. And, you know, I would not be surprised in the least if they have more stuff from Hermes, and I wouldn't be surprised if they keep Hermes around and maybe add another similar brand, you know, of similar stature to Hermes and have, for example, um, Gucci ones or something like that.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And the first generation of any product is awkward. You know, the first iPhone, they did a lot of changes for the second one. The iPad 2 was, they they had much better focus for that than they had on the iPad 1. And with the Apple Watch, arguably they went to market way sooner. There was 10 years of tablets before the iPad and 10 years of smartphones before the iPhone. And there were very few years of smartwatch. So they were part of the discovery process. They couldn't just sit back and look at everybody else's mistakes and then come out with a coherent product. And you could see that in the original Apple Watch demo, it, it didn't have that minimal, delightful product feel the way you had with the original iPhone where, oh, just look at the Photos app. It's amazing. I can pinch and zoom and do all these things. And you'd sell them to every friend you had who just wanted to do the same thing. It was like five different, six different functions. And now we've seen with Apple, with the Watch OS 3, it's very clearly it's fitness and notifications. There's far fewer things. And I think that's why we're seeing GPS. GPS is going to be of much more use to people who are into fitness and jogging. And we've seen, you know, there's people on campus who wear an Apple Watch and a Garmin because they're serious uh fitness people and they just they have to have gps with them and it addresses part of what i think is a narrower focus for the apple watch going forward
0: yeah i think that gps is to the apple watch to what 3g was mm-hmm. to the iphone although i guess the iphone with the iphone 3g it gained gps too yes right the first
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember
0: the first iphone <laughs> you'd use it's cell w- phone triangulation to and tell wi-fi you where... mapping
1: right <laughs> Like it was uh, like it was one of those 20 Stark expos explaining the technology for the first time. I love that phone, Uh, (laughs) but it's it's so laughable. Uh, But
0: I don't think the GPS. I know for some people, I guess GPS was a big deal for the iPhone too. But to me, the 3G was the one where it's Mm -hmm. like, man, they just couldn't fit it in the first year, you know. But still thought it was worth shipping what they could do, Uh, you know. And I think that ideally GPS is the one thing they really would have wanted to have all along because they obviously saw this as a fitness device. You know, it was. One of the main three tent pole descriptions of what it does. Um, and it just, you know, just didn't fit.
1: Well, the current Apple watch, the first generation Apple watch runs at the thermal limit of that casing already. So you start, and they, again, like Apple is not a dumb company. They have billions of dollars. They can prototype everything. And they, from the beginning, they've wanted GPS and they've wanted cellular. But when you look at how hot that thing is already and what the right. battery life is already, it takes time to get to those things. And now they feel confident that they can add GPS and maintain battery life and maintain the thermals. Uh, I think for them, LTE still melts your wrist off or, or depletes right. the device quickly. But as soon as that's solved, I'm absolutely sure they'll roll out the version With the LTE as well.
0: That doesn't make, I'm sure it'll happen eventually, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to be a top priority because I just don't think many people are really looking to have another monthly cellular bill.
1: I guess it depends how the carriers, you know, absolutely. I I guess it depends how the carriers see it. There's, there's, There's probably a theory that eventually. Uh, there'll be something past the smartwatch and we don't know what that is yet or what the capabilities will be but maybe it's a a wearable device and right now the apple watch is like again like a shuttlecraft to the starship that's the iphone but eventually it might be its own ship and can basically do everything if you want it to by itself and then you don't have to worry about taking a phone with you
0: right and i realize that there is it ties into the fitness angle right where there are certain physical activities where you're be happy to wear a watch, but would prefer not to have to bring your phone because mm-hmm. you know it's it's hard. Like if you're just going running, it is you've got to get you know a special pocket or an armband or you know a, a, a sack around your waist, whatever those things are called. It's you know it's a pain to keep your phone with you when you run. Um, but I, you know, for most of those things, I don't really care if I have internet access. GPS is a big is a bigger difference for tracking distance and stuff like that. But absolutely, like if I can't get notifications who cares. Maybe
1: it'll be like the like the iPad and eventually they'll just, you know, there'll be a market for the few people who want it and then every other model will just stay wi-fi for a few years.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a few years out though, not like a, a even a next year thing. That's why I found that Bloomberg story emphasizing that there probably wasn't going to be cellular in this year's phone and even if it was it wouldn't ship until December at the earliest. I found that whole story to be ridiculous.
1: Again, like they've had a cellular prototype since before they shipped the iPhone. Right. So I'm sure, and I'm sure every carrier keeps asking, "When are you going to do one? Are you going to do one?" Right. But it doesn't doesn't sound. Like right, because the carriers, yeah. I think
0: the carriers are the ones that are most interested in charging you another $15 a month or <laughs> whatever whatever it would cost. You know?
1: I had the most interesting conversation with uh, one of the people in PR for a cell phone company when I was asking about the shared plans, because they were trying to tell me how you could just add an iPad to your plan, it was just $15 more. And I kept asking, why? Why isn't it free? And they said, what do you mean? I said, if I order a pizza and I split it with John, <laughs> you don't charge me more because I'm splitting the pizza with John, it's the same pizza. And they just kept insisting that the data was different because I was using it with two people.
0: Well, you know what, though? You will get, you know, there are at certain restaurants, at a higher-end restaurant, you will get charged for a shared yeah, plate. Yeah, that's true. So it's not like it's without precedent, but it's, you know, <laughs> I'm with you more on the pizza side. <laughs> I kind of feel like, you know, if I for what I pay Verizon every month, I should be able to hook up more devices.
1: Absolutely. And just when you're done with your data, you're done with your data. That's right. your and problem. And I'm not
0: asking for more gigabytes, yep. right? Just, you know, just let me use my gigabytes on whatever devices I want.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I don't think they see it that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't want to be dead, dumb pipes. It's the last thing that they want.
0: Uh, what do you think about, uh, I think it's got to be a sure thing that there's going to be a new new lineup of bands. It seems like they do spring and fall new watch bands. Just, this just seems like it's part of the pattern. I mean, again, it's two years in, but it just seems like this is part of the pattern of Apple Watch.
1: Yeah, and we got new watch bands last, last iPhone event. I think that was the debut of the Hermes bands. And then uh, at the March event, we got the, uh, the woven nylon bands. Right. So I'd be interested to see if we just get new colors or like you said, there's a new partnership announced or there is yeah. a new style of band announced or uh, you know what they could do there. I'd also love them to just take this, for example, you could still only get the loop in the 42 millimeter. And I know a lot of people who would love that on the 38 millimeter and sort of just round out uh, the way right. they handle the distribution.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's gotta be a sure thing. And I totally expect them to be compatible with the new Apple watch.
1: Yeah, I have so many bands, John.
0: I know, <laughs> like you've you've got like a real problem.
1: Yes, to, to be I honest, absolutely do. Uh,
0: and it's not even just that you're gonna want it. You're gonna get the new Apple Watch, and you're gonna want to use your old bands. But yeah. it's uh, if they're not compatible, you're gonna get confused <laughs> as to which ones. You know,
1: I'll have to burn the old ones. So I don't right, get confused exactly. or
0: something. Um, I think the Apple Watch is going to be a big part. I it, I think it's just almost. Uh, it's almost mind-boggling to me how little speculation there is about Apple Watch 2 at in this week's event compared to the iPhone I th- whereas I think it's you know going to be comparable to 2 years ago where it's it's a huge huge part of the announcement
1: yeah i think in some ways watch os 3 was was so great that it took some of the pressure off of Apple Watch 2 because right. it makes it so much faster and it makes it so much more coherent. And if we hadn't gotten that, people would be desperate for an upgrade just to get you know, more speeds and feeds behind the existing software. Yeah. But because Apple Watch 3 pairs things down and makes it, uh, makes it work much better, I've been using it since WWDC and it's just it's, it's so good. I was actually wondering if it would give them an extra six months before they had to push out new hardware.
0: I I started using it in, I think in mid July. I I I was traveling too much in early July. And you had to you had to do it with your phone too. You had yes. to take your phone to iOS the iOS 10 beta and the watch you had to you know go both. So I I waited a little bit, but I've been using it since July and it is exactly as promised. It is mm-hmm. every bit as much faster and more responsive as Apple promised.
1: Yeah, and that whole friends hub just bare I mean like it, it is such an, a better experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So We'll see. I don't know.
1: So I think people who just keep it, and there there was also a rumor about them keeping the first-generation Apple Watch, much as they've done with iPhones and knocking some of them the price off to make a lower point of entry. And I think Apple Watch 3 allows that to be a better experience, too. They could credibly do that and have an entry-level Apple Watch if they wanted to.
0: I wonder how they would do that I mean, maybe the answer is just as simple as who cares if they look the same. But I don't know. Like, would there be any other way, you know, maybe new finishes or a new gold, you know, different different anodized colors for the new one? Mm -hmm. Something so that they're visually different. I don't know. Or maybe there's only one color option for the Apple Watch 1 that remains around.
1: And iPads have looked the same for a long. Like once in a while, there's a physical difference, like the touch ID right. sensor, or now they have the new sizes. But for a while, the iPad Minis all looked the same, and the iPads Air were you know, marginally different.
0: Yeah, but I think that's where the jewelry aspect comes in, yeah. where you can't, you know, if it costs a hundred dollars more, you want it to look like a hundred dollars more. Absolutely. Right. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, let me take one more break and thank our third and final sponsor, and we can finish up with whatever else we want to talk about. It's our good friends at Automatic. Automatic is the small adapter that turns your car, even if it's an old clunker, into a smart, connected car. Um, There's a port. There's a diagnostic port on every car that's been made since, like, 1997. So it's not even that new. Uh, This is what, when you go to the mechanic, you go to the auto shop, uh, they plug into to get readings from the car. It has all sorts of information, anything your car knows about goes through this diagnostic port. Well, you plug your automatic in there and you get access to all this information. How do you interface it? Yeah, They have a great app for your iPhone that connects to your automatic. You get information on your driving efficiency. You get information on where you park your car. You get information on what's wrong with your car, if anything's wrong. Uh, really great stuff. I've had one for a while. I love it. It could not be easier. You don't even have to think about it until you want to know information from your car. But Automatic has just launched a brand new product. It's a better version. It's called the Automatic Pro. And now it comes with unlimited 3G wireless networking with no monthly fees or subscription. So it's sort of like a Kindle in that regard where the dingus that you plug in has 3G networking, uh, but you don't have to pay for it. You don't pay a carrier, any kind of thing like that. All you do is buy the automatic. You buy it, you own it. There's no monthly fee to automatic, no monthly fee to a carrier. And always there, 3G lets you know things like where your car is parked at any time, even if you're not the one who parked it. So like if somebody, you know, your, your spouse, your significant other parked the car and you don't know where it is uh, and your phone wasn't there when you parked the car, because it has 3G networking, you just open up the app and it'll tell you exactly where the car is. Uh, They have all sorts of integration. Uh, The canonical one is they connect to IFTTT, if this, then that, and you can do all sorts of customization, uh, like link your car to connected devices like a Nest thermostat or Amazon Echo. Uh, So you can ask Alexa, where did I park my car? And she will tell you. Uh, You can have it set up so that your Nest will adjust the temperature of your home when you get within a certain number of miles of the house uh and in an emergency you can even do things it will even do things like detect a severe accident hope you never need it but if it's there if you do and uh contact 911 or whatever the trained responders are where you live uh to help you when you can't call for help yourself now the automatic is normally $129.95 but when you use this exclusive offer talk show just plain old talk show for listeners of this show, you will save 20 bucks on your purchase. Just go to automatic.com slash talk show for more information and use that code talk show and you will save 20 bucks on the already regularly low price of automatic. Uh, and again, once you buy it and you own it, it is yours and you get to just keep using it. And there's no service fees could not be easier. Uh, could not be a better deal. Really a lot of fun. So my thanks to automatic for once again, sponsoring this show. Uh, what else is going on?
1: Galaxy S7. Sorry, Galaxy Note 7 recalls.
0: Uh, That's yeah. been all over the news. and it's all over the news. Um, doesn't sound good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the, the, something with the power cells that's causing overheating and or combustion. And uh, I think it was something like 45 units were affected, but they did a global recall.
0: Yeah, did they do a recall, though? Because I just saw, uh... A story that Consumer Reports, the headline from Consumer Reports is instead of offering to replace units, Samsung should officially recall Note 7 via U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission making sales of pre-recall units illegal.
1: Yeah, so there's a distinction that they, this is basically Samsung doing their own thing where they globally announced that they're going to take these back and replace them with uh, improved units. Uh, and that's different than having an official U.S. government recall where it does make them illegal and right. where there's sort of a process in place. So that, that they would have to do that on a country-by-country basis too
0: yeah um, bad timing too, because yeah. it's right up in front of the iPhone event, and I can't help you know to point out that as much as Samsung is certainly Apple's you know biggest rival in this game, you know easily by far and away by most accounts still the only two companies in the market who are really making profits on smartphones uh, it just goes to show how much less of a deal Samsung is than than Apple because if the iPhone 7 were getting a recall three weeks after it came out. The world has, would stop. Th- uh, for as much as in tech circles, this is a story. The iPhone thing would be like front page news. That would be like front page of the New York Times style
1: news. Yeah, I went into Google Trends and just put uh, Galaxy Recall and iPhone Recall in there for fun. And even though there has never been an iPhone Recall, not once, there are the spikes, uh, the yearly spike over whatever gate there is, whether it's oh, yeah. bend gate or chip gate, are far higher than than the Google Trends for an actual Samsung Recall.
0: Right, that's a good example. So, like, Ben Gate was got more, created more controversy. Yeah. Was more hyped than which was a, a problem, a real problem. I mean, if your phone bent. You know, it's a real problem. But I mean, it it didn't even necessitate a product recall. Then, Samsung phones that actually explode.
1: And the other thing that, well, you know, like Samsung is not my favorite company for a variety of reasons, mostly having to do with how, you know, Samsung has treated people that I know who've worked there. But they make a lot of the components that go into iPhones too. And they make a lot of batteries right. uh, for both iPhones and a lot of Apple products and a lot of other products. And if they have a problem with the batteries they're making for themselves, it just means that everybody, every every vendor, everyone who's buying from Samsung has to be incredibly careful going forward too.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It's bad news. I wonder how they're, you know, I wonder how big of a financial hit this is. If they, uh, yeah, rumors are that they've already sold about two point five million. And so, if you figure, what are they? Are they are they six or seven hundred dollars phones?
1: They're like eight hundred, eight hundred fifty dollars phones. I think they're super expensive. But who knows what the cost is? Yeah.
0: to them for replacing them for everybody.
1: Yeah, their bill of materials is probably not insignificant. Hmm. Um, I don't. And get it's, it. like you said, really bad timing. And this, it's it's arguable now whether the Galaxy S7 or the, the Galaxy S is their flagship or the Galaxy Note, just because the Galaxy Note is right. such a distinct product because it does have that pen and it does have, you know, sort of the the upper end of all the features that they put into phones.
0: Uh, it does sound like the good news, if is again at least in terms of personal safety wise, that the the phone tends the the problem where it melts or explodes, whatever you want to call it, bursts into flames, happens while it's charging. Yeah, And I mean, that's good news in terms of it's better than if it happened when it was in your pocket.
1: I, I'm, not, I'm not even
0: joking around. I mean, but it's, you know, it is obviously a fire hazard that if, you know, I wonder, I don't know. I I would happen to have to think that it's better to have it happen when it charges. But a lot of times your phone charges while, you know, you're not paying attention to it. So
1: it's, I know I'm wrapping up a lot of things here, but it, it's sort of, I, I don't wish ill on any manufacturer or any customer. You know, I want everyone to have great products and you never kick somebody when they're down. But it it reminded me of how much armchair product management Apple has to put up with. Like Apple did not switch to USB-C and they were castigated for it. And we we watched those keynotes from Google I.O. and from Facebook and everyone said Apple's so behind on this or that or they don't have, you know, where's Apple's modular phones? Both Motorola and Google are way ahead. And then this week we also saw the cancellation of, of Project... Ara. And it's 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 impressive how much the tech industry holds Apple's shipping products against the imaginary products of their competitors.
0: Yeah, totally. And it, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think the Macalope made that case the f- first that I can remember. Um, and it's as true today as it's ever been.
1: I remember CES a long time ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, because Bill Gates was still presenting, where he walked around with his Windows mobile phone, and how it would seamlessly integrate with his personal computer and everything else in his environment, his living room. Uh, and that that was the subject of his keynote, and Microsoft never not ever shipped that. And yet we have companies like Apple who've pushed out continuity and are increasingly making these things, but it's, it's 10 or 12 years later. And they're all, every time someone does a keynote, they're seen as behind, they're seen as beleaguered or doomed, and they just keep shipping products. And I tried, I, I, did it. I didn't have much time to speak, in, but I tried to go back and look at different Google IOs and different manufacturers' keynotes to see the products they announced and try to figure out which ones of them have, are either ever shipped or is still on the market. And I, the list was getting too big, I had to stop.
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know what it's like I guess the advantage for Samsung compared to Apple I mean it's not just that they don't sell as many of their highest end phones as Apple sells of its highest end phones but that they do uh, spread their chips around on a couple Mm -hmm. more bets by having you know a couple of quote unquote flagship phones per year whereas Apple puts all of their eggs in one basket with the iPhone 7
1: yeah it's almost like, as if apple shipped the iphone six s in the in the spring and the iphone six s plus in the fall
0: yeah that's a good way to put it and it's obviously you know the one time that ever actually did happen, I would say would be with the Verizon iPhone yeah Four. Was it a 4 or 4S? Four think it was no, Verizon, no, the Verizon
1: iPhone four. 4, yeah. And right. then the SE this year, they did a spring launch.
0: Right. So they got to do one in January for Verizon and CDMA mm-hmm. networks around the world where they fixed the antenna lines a little bit and, and stuff like that. But for the most part, Apple's, a, you know, all of our phone eggs are in one basket company. So a, a recall like this for Apple would be, really, I mean, it would warrant the controversy that things like Ben Gate and and yeah. whatever. ChipGate. <laughs> Right, Chipgate and Tennegate have have gotten. It would actually warrant the hysteria. So who knows what the level of hysteria would actually be.
1: (laughs) It would probably be... And, uh, you know, like shipping the iPhone is is non-trivial, the same way that booting up Windows and all the disparate hardware every day is non-trivial and getting all those pieces. And we've seen, you know, th- we're, not, we're probably not getting MacBooks this week because it is right. so hard to line up all of that stuff to arrive at one time. And kudos to those teams for getting that iPhone out all the time like clockwork.
0: Well, that's my question though. So so a couple of people have suggested that. Uh I think Mark Gurman said that people, you know, had had some information on uh on upcoming new MacBooks um and said that they're not expected to be announced at this event. Uh, who else has said that? Somebody else has
1: said that. I, I wasn't I mean the Apple's never announced MacBooks alongside and you never say never because they can change their minds anytime they want, but they've just never right. put a Mac on the same stage as an iPhone that I can remember.
0: But my comparison would be to last year though. They did they didn't hesitate to put the iPad Pro on stage next to the new iPhone, which was, you know, the original first yeah, and iPad and the Apple Pro. TV
1: and the right. something all the new watch bands, but that's Yeah, well, the watch bands was
0: sort of a little bonus thing, but there were three products all announced. You know, it was the iPhone 6s and 6s Plus. Uh, Then they had a whole segment on the iPad Pro and the pencil and all the software that you know was already on day one that they secretly brought people in, you know, to 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 create apps to support Uh, and the new Apple TV. Um, I don't know that there's to me that in my gut I don't. there's nothing special about the Mac that would prevent it from being on stage with the iPhone. No, I I mean, there might be other reasons, but I don't think that's it.
1: Yeah, and the other question is just timing. I mean, like the the same way the desire, I believe, was to ship Apple TV last WWDC, and it ended up going in the fall instead. I think the desire this year was to ship at WWDC, and it just they didn't have whether it's Intel or AMD or one of the customizations they're working on. Because I think this this really is a MacBook Pro upgrade. This isn't just bumping it to Skylake or you know maybe KB Lake at some point. Because every it's there's there's no sexiness in that anymore. It's not a great. A product is just a spec bump, and they could do that as soon as the chips are ready. And they really want to do something more because everyone has copied their design. Everyone is is sort of making ultrabooks and and laptops that look like MacBooks, and they really want to push the the boundaries again of what we think is possible. And that does involve things like the OLED strip and and, and other new advances.
0: Yeah, so I mean, there's so much you know, uh, uh, enough smoke that I guess there's a fire or I guess there's no smoke, so there's no fire that there won't be any Mac announcements this week, um, which means it will, but they're, you know, if they're coming this year, it's either going to be another smaller event in October, or um, they'll just do it by uh, inviting people to private briefings.
1: They, As much as we want new MacBooks, Apple really wants new MacBook Pros, right. Apple retail really, I mean, they set out the back to school season, and they would not do that lightly. That is not an easy, it's like the same thing with last year when they didn't have keyboards and pencils to sell when the iPad Pro went on sale. That's a huge loss for them as a retail operation and not having brand new MacBook Pros on the market or, or updated MacBook Airs uh, to give them a huge bump in the back to school season or going into the holiday sales is a huge thing for them. They really want those things to ship. So it's not like Apple's just sitting on their hands and, and withholding MacBook Pros and, and Airs to be mean to us. All right.
0: I so apparently so. German says that there's going to be new MacBook Airs with USB-C. Um, no other details that I that I noticed in his report. Uh, I will still hold on to my wager that they will never get Retina displays.
1: Yeah, I, I think the goal is that the MacBook replaces them. It's just it's not there from a price point because right. again, Apple Apple is a financial company as much as it is a computing company, and 899 and 999 are incredibly compelling price points. And we used to have the plastic, and then the the original ma- uh, aluminum MacBook at that point, and those got replaced right. by the MacBook Air. And until something can replace those, they're they're not going to go anywhere. So I have that CD-ROM MacBook Pro for God's
0: sake. Yeah, sakes. I. St- <laughs> What is that thing called? The 13-inch MacBook Pro with the... Yeah,
1: with an optical drive or super drive
0: or something. Uh, But that's sort of what I expected them to do with the Air is what they did with that MacBook Pro, which is not even updated. It's just the exact same device that it was three or four years ago when it was new uh, that it is now. And I just sort of thought that that's what they would do with the Air. But it sounds like they're going to do some modest... Yeah, you know, speed bump, and I guess that makes some amount of sense because that that thirteen inch MacBook Pro with the optical drive is a a real niche. I mean, they don't even have that out on the desks. Oh, you have right? to
1: you have to look you have to look on the website even to find it.
0: Right. So you have to know that it exists and ask for it. And you have whatever reason you want that device. You have very specific reasons for it. Um, whereas the, I guess the sense of uh, doing a mi- a modest update to the Air is that the Airs are still a top sell, you know, probably the yeah. top selling models of MacBooks in the stores. And, you know, it's the, therefore too important just from a, a financial standpoint to really let them stagnate too much.
1: Yeah. It's the 13, the 13 inch MacBook Air, my understanding is that's just the go-to computer. And if. Technology wasn't moving as fast. That'd be fine. But we are getting new connectors, and there are all sorts of things that, especially if maybe Apple does have other accessories in the wings that'll depend on having those kind of interconnects, uh, it'll yeah. behoove them to have that on the market. Uh, and then Retina is a big differentiator, Retina, and just the size and the colors of the MacBook to keep to sort of justify that next generation staying on the market.
0: Yeah, and if they start pushing out USB-C ports on MacBooks, you know, and presumably, you know, I guess they'd Put them in the iMac too. Um, Do do they switch the Lightning cable that comes with the iOS devices from USB-C to Lightning? Because, like for example, right now, if you want to charge your iPhone from your MacBook, your your one-port MacBook, you still need like a you need like a dongle because your your cable that comes with your iPhone is the big fat USB. What is that USB?
1: Yeah, don't they have that for the if the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro? They do have a Lightning to USB C cable now because that's what does the USB C faster or the better charging on I, the twelve point nine inch. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they have that cable now. So it's just that people don't have to go out and buy that cable.
0: Yeah, but I think maybe you know I wonder if they start shipping it in the box. Yeah, that'd I don't be nice. know. Um.
1: But it's such a mess. Like we when you look at those chipsets and uh, when you look at the trouble Microsoft had with Skylake in the early Surface books, I and mean, even Paul Thoreau lost it several times uh, trying to deal with those machines. And then Intel just kept pushing things back. Like I think DisplayPort, the new one that everyone's been waiting for, got right. pushed back to Cannon Lake and now, sorry, got pushed back to KB Lake and now it's pushed back to Cannon Lake and now pushed back beyond Cannon Lake. Um, it's just the, that kind of, they're so dependent on, on the... The silicon of other companies right now for their mac line
0: yeah uh it does seem weird though it it really i guess part of it is that part of the reason that i'm so antsy about them not announcing mac stuff in september is just that it just feels so overdue at this point yeah like like i was mildly surprised when word leaked that there wasn't going to be mac new macbook pros at wwdc you know, because I think a lot of us earlier in the year were expecting that. And it seemed a little surprising at the yeah, time. I think
1: Apple was expecting it, too. But
0: I, I do, too. But I I really underestimated at the time in June just how long the summer was going to feel without yeah. MacBook Pros. Like, it just seemed at the time, like in June, it seemed like, ah, it'll be September before you know it. And whereas now it feels like, man, these, these computers that they're selling are ridiculous.
1: I don't know about you, but I, I don't feel as much pressure. Like I got, I have a review unit for the latest generation 13-inch MacBook Pro with the Force Touch trackpad, and uh, I I think it's Broadwell inside it. Uh, but I still use my previous, the one that my personal one It's a previous generation with the old-fashioned trackpad. Yeah. I actually like the Force Touch trackpad better, but I just didn't want to go through the yeah. rigmarole of setting up yeah. the new MacBook. So I'm still using my one from a couple of years ago, and yeah, I'm same fine. I have.
0: I have the exact same one, and I agree it's fine, but it's and I I, I probably won't buy the new one. Personally, just because I tend to buy a MacBook Pro and then run it into the ground, mm-hmm. just because I, it takes me like a whole week to set it up the way I like it, um, and honestly, I it, I don't do anything that is performance intensive mm-hmm. on the MacBook Pro, so. I'm fine. If it was
1: just Skylake or KB, Lake, I would probably wait it out too, but I'm just going to be super interested in using those new features. I'm going to get
0: one. The the fact that they're so long in the tooth, though, Mm -hmm. as I just hear it, I'm sure you do too, but on Twitter and on email... All the time from it, all the obvious problems that this creates is that, you know, the people who who listen to us on podcasts or read iMore and Daring Fireball are savvy people. Mm-hmm. And so they know that these machines are old. And so I just keep hearing from people who really need a new machine. I mean, either that they have something really, really old uh, and that they were putting it off, you know, they just picked the wrong year to to put it off for. Or they, you know, have like a, a machine that is broken, or uh, started a new job and they get a they get a MacBook and guess what you you know who wants to start a job now and you, your MacBook that you get from your employer is you're, you already know in your heart is going to be outdated yeah. you know really momentarily.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it reminds me sort of of 2011, where we got used to having new iPhones at WWDC, and then a couple right. of months out, there was, you know, don't expect any new hardware. And then we waited, and it wasn't September, and it ended up being October, um, before the iPhone 4S came out. And, you know, we could say that was iCloud or Siri or whatever that took that much time to get ready, but you're still waiting a much longer, it was in 16 months instead of 12. And this is even longer than that. And again, you know, I, I if it was up to Apple, I'm sure they would have shipped it way, way earlier. But something I, happened. Yeah. And I don't know what you do as a company because externally, mm-hmm. like Apple is not a communicative company. There are a lot of companies that would have announced the product months before it was ready and teased it and shown it off on stage and then issued delay after delay and sort of tried to explain it. Maybe it did a good job, maybe not. But Apple just stays absolutely quiet about these things. And sometimes when it's like this, it's just a deathly silence.
0: Yeah. So we'll have to see. Uh Can't help but think too. Hopefully, new Mac Pros.
1: I mean, that's the one that to me is less like. There, people will accuse us always of making excuses for Apple, but the Mac. You could even say the Mac Pro. They're waiting for Skylake Xeon or whatever, but those graphics cards could have been updated so many times, especially for people because the Mac. The Mac Pro is a performance machine, and if you're going to bind it with graphics cards that you can't swap out, I think it's sort of incumbent on you to issue timely updates for them.
0: Yeah, it really. And you know, again, it's the sort of thing that they should seemingly could have done you know they don't need to do it at an event just you know yeah you know it just silent you know not even silent but you know like press release you know like hey you know remember that mac pro we released a year ago here's a same thing but with uh, a year better graphics yeah. card
1: absolutely and even if you you there's a reason we don't want broadwell's eon for some reason don't say it, just put out the better okay. graphics cards yeah and it really
0: d- works against apple's Style of pricing where Apple mm-hmm. doesn't really price things like a tech company does based on the components. They the price is part of the brand, and so the three year old Mac Pro still sells for the same price that sold that three years ago. Whereas if it was Dell and you were buying a machine that had three, you know, a three year old CPU and a three year old graphics card, you'd be getting a much lower price on it.
1: Absolutely and again if you're going to say the future of computing is computing appliances then you have to keep it updated especially right. when it is like the the Lamborghini or Veyron of your right. line Right. And I understand why
0: Apple does that. And I'm not saying that they should be lowering the price on the Mac Pro. I'm saying, though, that if you're going to maintain these prices that Mm -hmm. you don't lower them, you've got to keep it updated to some degree on an annual basis to justify it. Because the reason Apple doesn't lower the price is that when they do release a new one, they want to release it at the exact same price and not have it suddenly look like it jumped in price by two or three thousand dollars.
1: And Mac Mini, I think it's the same story. They never updated the Mac Mini on a year-over-year basis, but it's been, I think, two years at the most, and now we're hitting close to three. Right. And they've made that an appliance, too, where it's very hard to update. So, fine, do that, but that means you're agreeing to the responsibility of updating it for me.
0: Right. I, I don't know. I feel like the Mac Mini, that they should call it the Mac we don't want you to buy. <laughs> the, the legacy. Right, but the people who love them love them so much.
1: Uh, absolutely and they're great machines but they got rid of the quad core and they right. sealed them up and just, they, they now have to update them
0: All right. so I don't know what do you think do you think they're going to have an event or do you think they're going to do briefings
1: you know, in the old days, if they hadn't been working on AC2, like they they would have just done a town hall that they did with, you know, previous years with new Macs and sometimes new iPads as well. But they sort of made it sound like the last, like the iPhone SE event was the last time they'd be using town hall. Yeah. And I don't think the new campus is, is ready for anything. So I think nope. your idea of briefings um, makes the most sense. I mean, they could always go back on it and invite people to town hall. Yeah. Jason say, Snell
0: pointed me. out that Tim Cook even, I've forgotten about that, but Tim Cook pointed out during that iPhone SE event that this would probably be the yeah. the last event, you know, if we've had a lot of history here in this room, and this would probably be the last time. But my thinking is that maybe at that time, they were totally expecting to have the smack stuff ready to go WWDC. Oh, absolutely. And so maybe, you know, maybe we do get a, a, a one last, uh, one more thing event at uh, Town Hall.
1: And as much as it's a pain to have to do a second event in the fall, it would be just as much of a pain to do a traveling roadshow. show. At least I, yes. I don't have to do it, so I start for I shouldn't really say that much. You know it what is, I but.
0: think it is? I think that it's a different. It's a problem for a different set of people at Apple. Yeah, <laughs> right. the, the people, the people who set up these big mega events, uh, and really, you know, quite frankly, told you know point blank said last year, doing two, even a smaller one, it's so much less work. Yeah. Like doing one event is so much better. It's a different group of people who would have to do double the work uh, or extra work.
1: You know. Yeah, the events team does the on site and it's right. mostly the the marketing and the PR team that does the right. the roadshows. Um but one way
0: or the other it seems like something's gonna happen. All right, here's the other the last thing. Here's the, the last thing I think about this event. If it's true that there are no Mac announcements at this event, well then the only thing we know uh is iPhone seven and mm-hmm. Apple Watch two. I don't think they're gonna do an update to the iPad Pro and
1: that. The only thing I could see is giving the 12.9 the same sort of... So there's two disparities now. And I, I always think sometimes the ID department mm. is trolling us because the 12.9-inch the iPad has the USB 3.0 controller, so it has much faster speeds and it charges faster. The Baby Pro has the DCI-P3 display and the True Tone uh, and the better camera. And in a perfect world, those would sort of even out and we get a minor bump. And also the A10. I mean, I'd, I, I don't need it, but I'd want both those machines to have the A10 or the A10X processor.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. We haven't heard anything, but I could believe it. But I could also believe that maybe it's the iPad is on the March cycle and that the iPad, that 12.9 inch iPad Pro will be, you know, uh, you know, like this, this one time on an 18 month cycle instead of a 12 month cycle. I mean, on get, one
1: hand, Phil Schiller could do that magic thing where he just has one slide that goes up and oh, by the way, new new twelve inch twelve point nine inch iPad Pros with True Tone also available shipping this month. Yeah, but but it does make sense to have if they stick with the March event, which I think makes sense for them. Yeah, it's, it's really long to go without product launches until until dub dub or September.
0: Right, I could see them doing a minor upgrade to it though, where maybe they don't even upgrade the the A nine X and just upgrade the display. Yeah, to get True Tone, I could see that, but I I don't see it. If they do that, it's certainly not going to take a lot of time on stage. Um, And so I think it's a relatively short event. I don't think you could say that the Mac stuff is forced out by time. I just don't, you know, and it makes me wonder whether there is something else that, you know, a, a true surprise. I'm not trying to be a tease here. I'm not trying to set people's expectations too high, but it makes me wonder whether there's something else that they're planning to use this event for that is, you know, totally out of the blue.
1: Yeah, some of the S events, the iPhone S events have been small, and they've been okay with that. Like, I think the 4S and 5S events were relatively small, and they were absolutely fine with that. The biggest surprises they've had lately are things that just can't leak, things like Research Kit and Care Kit, which are just, you know, they're so, close, they're so far in the engineering organization. They have such a small visibility that they, they don't get out. But those aren't the kind of surprises that consumers usually care about. Yeah, when was
0: Apple Pay? That was two years ago, right? That was, yeah. That was the event with the original Apple Watch
1: iPhone right? 6 event, yeah.
0: Right. And that was held in, where was Flint that? Center. Yeah, the Flint Center, right, right. Um, I don't know.
1: And I don't Apple know. TV, doesn't I mean, they've never updated Apple TV year over year either. And they could put a better, I mean, they, the obvious upgrade there is 4K and the higher color gamma <laughs> uh, gamut as well. But <laughs> And an uh,
0: asymmetrical remote.
1: Yeah, an yeah, asymmetrical, absolutely. And but asymmetr- I think there's a new team on the remote, so maybe we'll get that eventually
0: yeah I'm not expecting that though I do expect you know obviously someday we'll have another Apple TV. I do expect that maybe the next time they'll they'll make that remote a better design yeah uh I don't expect it this year and even if they did, I don't think it's going to take i don't think it, I don't think it takes a lot of time on stage because you know the things they might introduce like a better you know a faster cpu that that, that that's it not would a be demo. the
1: iTunes 4k part of that that would take, that would be right. the stage time and I don't know if they have iTunes 4k ready.
0: Yeah, and I just don't see that enough people have 4K TVs that it's yeah. a big deal. It's like, hey, you can buy this new Apple TV that drives a 4K TV that you don't own.
1: Well, it's not so much the 4 Like last time... Uh we were we were together. Uh, they invited us over to Dolby. And I I took the chance to go, and they showed us side by side 4K versus 1080p HDR for Star Wars, um, the, the the new Star Wars movie, and for the Rem- the Revenant. And the difference between the HDR and is, HDR was so much better than 4K. If they just went to HDR across their pipeline, I think that hmm. would be super impressive. But again, those TV sets are super expensive and hard to come by.
0: Hmm. Uh, Anything else? Anything else you want to cover before we wrap this up and we we pack our bags and get ready to to go to this event?
1: No, I mean, I think WWDC this year was almost a return to the the very Spartan Apple keynotes. You know, there weren't the big uh, jokes, there weren't the big skits. It was a very matter-of-fact keynote presentation. And I think, you know, if they stick to that for this, it'll especially be a very tight um, I don't know if we'll get – we haven't gotten the updates on the Apple stores a lot recently, and we haven't gotten a lot of the business slides recently. It's been Tim Cook coming out and almost doing a smash cut right into the product announcements. And if that's sort of like the new way or the return to the old way of the Apple keynotes, then it'll be a, a very efficient iPhone, <laughs> Apple's, Apple Watch, and we're out in the hands-on area.
0: I'm tr- I am trying to have it both ways. I could see it going. At, I think the event is going to go – To one extreme or the other, where it's either going to be like what you just said, a pretty bare bones, maybe just, you know, 65 minutes, you know, you're almost out, you know, out almost an hour after it starts. And it's just, hey, here's these two iPhones, two new iPhones that we expected. Here's the new Apple Watch. uh, And that's it do they use else?
1: homekit for the home like so one of the it's going to be held at the bill graham center again and when they did yep. the iphone event last year it was held at bill graham they didn't have very many people they famously couldn't get a lot of people in because right. of the fire marshals but they had those giant living room sets with the apple tvs for demos and then at wwdc it was the opposite there were no demo areas but they packed that place full right. of people right. and what there there's no developers this year uh, to, to pack that place with. And we're not assuming there's going to be any living room. So I wonder if maybe there's a home kit angle, they could be doing demos. For, for, I just don't know what the Bill Graham Center will be used for this right. year.
0: Right, I was told that they picked Bill Graham last year specifically to set up those living rooms for the Apple TVs, yeah. the fake living rooms for the Apple TVs, and that there was no other way that they could figure out how to have that many, um, that, 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 that many hands-on areas for Apple TV. Yeah. Um, because the hands-on area for for the um, the phones and the watch and the iPad was it was nice, but it wasn't that big. You know,
1: it was like a, r- a regular sort of piano bar setup,
0: right? It was, well, it almost looked like an Apple store, if yeah. as I recall. But it you know, it wasn't that big. Whereas they really used a huge chunk of physical real estate to set up those uh, Apple TV demo areas.
1: Yeah, there was like maybe ten living rooms just completely set up that you could wander right. around. So I wonder, I don't
0: know, but on the other hand maybe they just uh you know, it, until the campus is finished this is just where they have these events and they like, you know, they just like working with the Bill Graham people. I don't know. Um, I th- yeah. I have a gut feeling just anecdotally talking to you know other people in the racket that it seems as though seating will be as tight as it was last year. That yeah. they're they're not they were not especially particularly liberal with the passes for Uh, you know, the media and whoever else they invite.
1: They, I have heard they are getting they're They are trying to do more international, which is one of the things that's putting pressure on us media is that they want to get in people from Japan and from China and from Europe and actually bring them over and not just do remote setups.
0: Right. No, I think that they're done with those remote setups. Like in the old days for people who don't know what they used to do is they would have, you know, maybe like, I think maybe one in Asia or two in Asia. I don't know if they did two, but you know, at least one in Asia and then like in London or somewhere in Europe so that people who didn't want to travel all the way to California could just go there and they would have like these satellite events.
1: And I, did they do them like at the same time? Was it like, I think some were the same times, and some they would do, they would have follow-up, they would sort of send people out afterwards to follow-up. Right, up.
0: I think the Asian ones would have to have been follow-ups, because, yeah. like, you could do the London one, because uh, 10 o'clock Pacific would be what? It would be noon, no, yeah. 1 o'clock Eastern, and that means about 6 p.m. London, 6 or 7, uh, if I'm doing my math right, which is reasonable. I mean, it's a little bit, be odd for us, because we're so used to going to these things in the morning, but... You know, six or seven is reasonable, but I think having them at like 2 (laughs) a.m. would be would be a little ridiculous.
1: And Apple is very clean. With, like, I've been following some of the other vendors now as they do their keynotes. And for example, every year for Samsung, their keynote starts and their embargo drops the minute their keynote starts because they've invited people over to do hands-on weeks beforehand. Right. And then I'm watching the keynote and then all these YouTube videos go live that you can actually go see the product, which makes me not want to watch the keynote. Any. And the timing for me is bizarre. As, as just someone watching, I'd much oh. rather enjoy the keynote and then have the embargo lift maybe after Right. The keynote, so like the Apple one, I actually prefer because there's sort of like this one unified thing to keep my attention on.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. So I could see it going one way or the other. Either a yep. very simple event, exactly as we predict, where it's just the iPhone and Apple Watch two, or there's something big that we that's going to drop out of the blue. Phil just drives in in the car. Just yeah. Drives right exactly. in, in the car. <laughs>